are listening to Parallel Fiction, a podcast that celebrates storytellers across all mediums. Each episode, we weave together two stories within a common theme and then analyze their meaning on everyday life. This week's theme is Rebirth. I'm Heather. And I'm Jeff. And we're Parallel Fiction. Yeah, thank you guys for stopping by yet again for another episode of Parallel Fiction. Sorry, our cat's already <laughs> She's like her. revved up right now. Yeah, this is the second time we recorded the intro because the first time <laughs> she like dove into the trash can and it was loud. And- it was just like a loud thunk. Now she's scratching yeah. our cat couch up. Oh boy. It's going to jo- be a fun episode. The joys. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's not even the jingle jangles right now. No, it's just like. Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's been very needy lately. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Who knows the inner workings of a cat's mind. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, like I was saying, thank you very much for coming back. Um, we had a lot of uh, really positive feedback on our siblings episode last week. A lot of new listeners jumped on. So we want to thank you guys. And uh, if you're sticking around for some more, we want to, again, thank you for doing that. Thank you for supporting us. If you uh want to reach out to us on social media you find us at parallel fiction on instagram and twitter parallel fiction podcast on facebook and then an old fashioned. <laughs> we got some feedback on the old fashioned, we're, and we're going to keep doing oh, it yeah. so if you want to email us you can email us the old-fashioned way <laughs> yikes Parallelfictionpod at gmail.com. Yeah. And uh, obviously, if you want to listen to more episodes, we're available everywhere at this point. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Simplecast. And um, if you want to give us a little bit extra, you could go to Apple Podcasts and do the whole five-star review thing and write us something nice. And uh, we'll read it if you guys send us Mm -hmm. a review on there. You could also um, check out our YouTube and subscribe, uh, yeah. like and yeah. subscribe. You know how that goes. Yeah, exactly. We're uh, we're trying to, um, you know, branch out and do more video stuff. I know in a, the last couple episodes we were talking about doing like events or something like that, where some lives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eventually, get some like swag to give away or something. talk about it Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. I'm talk here for it. it. <laughs> or is that what you wanted to call it? Just eat tacos and like talk to. I don't know. And then, like, <laughs> we talked about like watching a movie, and then like, yeah, yeah, like a watch along. We thought yeah. it might be fun. I gotta look into like the copyright of that. I think as <laughs> I long know. as you're not showing the movie, yeah, oh, okay, and maybe well, like not having the sound. I don't know. If any of the listeners it. know, <laughs> write us an email. Let us know. Let us know about copyright or something like that. Duh. But uh, we have a really fun episode for you today because I'll be covering Captain America, the first Avenger, which is my favorite superhero of all time from even when I was a little kid. So I feel like we should like slowly pan to the shield that's sitting above us currently. (laughs) The the handmade shield that we have hanging over the. Thanks to our buddy, Brian. Yeah, that was was such an amazing birthday present. Yeah, that's like just, you know, when like you're a kid and you like something and people just like gift you that one thing for your life. Like, I could open a museum with how much Captain America stuff was in my hands in my life. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's and all I enjoyed. Still, and I still get you stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's still enjoyed. So. Absolutely. <laughs> and then uh, what are you doing this week? Oh, for the, I was like, like, you mean after this? Like, <laughs> you want to grab like a drink after this? Or I guess. <laughs> well, we're vaxxed up. We could do that now. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Uh, if you have not yet gotten your COVID-19 vaccine, it is painless. Uh, the process was relatively easy. Um, yeah. Just, so 
check out your state or country's guidelines in order to receive the yeah, shot. Consider it. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a, give it a shot. Research it. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, make your own informed decision. Um, where were we? Oh, what I'm covering. <laughs> That's what we were talking about. Okay. Yeah. Wait, what am I covering? Oh, it's called the language of flowers. The language of flowers. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny too. Cause our cover art is flowers and I forgot about that. There you go. Listen. It's like you knew. It is. So subconsciously. Why don't we do some rocks, paper, scissors, and we'll see who has the supreme hands this week. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, yeah. Ready to go. Rock, Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oops. No. I went. Dude, I've been on a hot streak. I don't know. know. We should do like monthly like tallies. Standings. Yeah. Yeah. Like the winner gets some fun. I don't know. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I know. We'll think about that. We'll think (laughs) about that. Gotta start winning some. Listen. Yeah. All right. So what's why don't you order? go first? Because I want to okay. hear about these flowers. Cool. All right. So we'll be right back with the language, language of flowers. Of flowers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're back. We're going to get into my summary portion of the language of flowers. I keep wanting to say the way of the flower. like the, <laughs> right, but That's not right. This is the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, so this novel was written by Vanessa Diffenbach. It was her debut novel, mm. and this came out in 2011. You love the first time writers, huh? I guess this so. Was like the fourth or fifth that was like their first book. Yeah. And you know what? It was pretty good, too. Nice. Um, so I'd be interested in reading more of her stuff if she has anything mm. that's come out in the last decade since then. <laughs> Um, God, don't make me feel that old. <laughs> I know. I looked at that. It was like 2011. I was like, yeah, that was like five years ago. I like, no. <laughs> no. <sighs> Just going too fast. Uh, this was also in the New York Times bestseller list. Oh, so, very nice. You know, I never heard of this book before. And I actually, I Googled like books about spring because we were going like rebirth, renewal, yeah, like spring kind of thing. And they were like, five books you need to read. And actually, Where the Crawdads Sing was one of the oh, really? one of the options. And I was like, well, well I already, already covered that. <laughs> like, I already read that. Thanks. Right? I was like, well, that's not helping. Now yeah. I only have four options. And then I go based on what was available on my um, library app. Uh, and this yeah, one was right. available and it had a recommendation. And I read a sample and I was like, okay, I'm interested. Let's right, do it. Cool. So uh, let me tell you about it now. <laughs> right. <laughs> So the book starts off, we are introduced to our main character. Her name is Victoria. Mm-hmm. It is her 18th birthday. So Victoria's grown up through the foster care system, and at 18, she officially ages out, and she's on her own. So the chapters in this book switch between current timeline at when she's 18, and then also flashbacking to her past. Okay. Through the flashbacks, we learn about all of the negative experiences in foster care. One th- Caregiver she establishes a close relationship with is a single woman named Elizabeth. Elizabeth owns a vineyard that she passed out that was passed down to her from her mother. She also teaches Victoria about flowers and their meanings, like the language behind it, like the Victorian language. Gotcha. Right. So each flower has like a special message to it. Gotcha. I'm it's just really thinking cool, of actually. Uh, Parks and Rec, where he's talking about like the bone thugs and harmoniums. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And they have like the the episode with like the random garden but yeah <laughs> sorry we're gonna have to post that on the social <laughs> yes this week yes yep. it's a good opportunity <laughs> um so regardless of her close relationship with elizabeth at this point in the flashback we get hints that obviously things didn't work out because she started living in group homes at age 10 after her time with elizabeth and yeah. was basically in these group home settings um from age 10 to 18 mm. and it was rough yeah yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do that. Right? But, but yeah, you, you know, I have a choice. 
Well, there's the cat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just hear her like scooting by every now and then. <laughs> She's got a vendetta against this like taco burrito toy that we got her. But anyway. It's a fish taco. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> in a present time in the novel, Victoria squanders her housing opportunity that her social worker had set her up with. Um, social worker kind of gave her an ultimatum, was like, listen, I will pay for you for three months to live in this housing, but you need to get a job. And after three months, yeah, you're done. You're cut. Uh, so unfortunately, she doesn't get a job and she ends up homeless. Ah, uh, yeah. At eighteen. At eighteen. Ah, that's rough. It's definitely hard. So, so does it, does this take place in like today time or is yes? This, oh, okay, this okay. takes place in like modern day gotcha. uh, San Francisco. Okay, gotcha. So she creates a small garden in a park where she sleeps. It's kind of like off the beaten path, so she feels a little secluded. And she mm. st- she like steals a bunch of like flowers and bulbs from people and like makes her own <laughs> little garden. But unfortunately, you know, you're still in a public park. She does have some like scary encounters. Um, Mm -hmm. Nothing happening specifically, but people just getting too close to her when she's like trying to sleep at night. And it's, you know, it's not good. So she decides she can't be homeless anymore. She's like, can't sleep at night because she's so paranoid. Her really only passion in life at this point is flowers. So she's like, I really need to get a job, but I don't know. Like, I don't have any schooling, any experience. Like, how am I going to get a job? All I have is flowers. So she finds this flower shop and she meets this florist named Renata and the flower shop's called Bloom and she's able to get a job working for her. At first, she, Renata was like, do you have experience? And Victoria's like, no. <laughs> and then Renata's like, well, then I can't hire you. But she goes to her garden and like puts together a bouquet oh, and gosh. Renata like hires her on the spot. So on her first trip to the wholesale flower market with her boss, Victoria notices one flower salesman is looking at her oddly. They have like a very awkward encounter. And she realizes that he must know her somehow. So they kind of communicate back and forth with flowers for the next few visits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she realizes that he like also knows the meanings of the flowers. Oh, wow. So, which is like very rare, you yeah. know, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know now from this book, but that's about it. <laughs> like every time, like every you know flower what? to me is like roses. I'm like, oh, look at the roses. Look at the rose. like, no, which no. means love. So that's pretty straightforward. Oh, okay. There you um, go. But that. each color means something different because oh. yellow roses means infidelity or jealousy. Really? Yeah. Huh. In this book, at least. I th- and Because I've also heard yellow roses meaning friendship. Huh. So I don't know. Those are Guess two. it depends on who you <laughs> ask. Yeah. Yeah, what kind of friend is it? Um, and then hydrangeas, which was our wedding flower, means like dispassion. I was like, well, that, that that's, sucks. Yeah, that- <laughs> that's unfortunate. <laughs> Can't take it back now, I guess. <laughs> right. Uh, Hit it with some Photoshop. So, you know, after going back and forth a few times with these flowers, she goes to lunch with him and she soon realizes that this is Elizabeth. Remember the one caregiver she had a bond with? It's her nephew, Grant. Through her childhood perspective, now we're flashing back to the childhood, we see Victoria and Elizabeth's bond has deepened. And we also learn that Victoria, or I'm sorry, Elizabeth has a sister named Catherine. They've been estranged for many years. So this is Grant's mom, Catherine. She owns these flower fields, which is adjacent to the vineyard. And it used to be one whole big farm before the mother died. But when the mother died, she split the property. So there's a vineyard on one side and the flowers on the other. The lack of relationship with any of her family members causes Elizabeth to miss the court date where she was going to adopt Victoria. She basically has like a mental breakdown. And this event of missing the adoption date causes a downward spiral in their relationship. Yeah. Elizabeth says that she loves Victoria to... Too much to bring her into what she considers not a family. 
she's like, you deserve like real love and a real family. <laughs> she's like, I'm living in the park, dude. She's like, well, this is before that when she well, was getting yeah. bounced from like foster home to foster home. Yeah. But like, yeah. you know, exactly. Like she has nothing like. Yeah. Meanwhile, Victoria would be perfectly content with just living the two of them and like that being their family. Yeah. Like that's more than she has ever had. Yeah. Uh, from her current perspective, now we're back to modern times or her 18 yeah. year. Victoria becomes a permanent employee of Bloom and Renata is able to secure a safe and cheap living space for her. So her sister rents out a room in mm. her apartment. Her sister's like in this punk band and they like play <laughs> all like night practicing. And she's like, yeah. whatever, it's better than nothing. I guess it's better than sleeping in the park. Yeah, that's and true. And it's like $200 in San Francisco. So like, yeah, that's you're going to take it, of, you yeah. know? <laughs> so things are starting to look up for her. Sleeping she, in the park probably costs $200. In San see, probably. <laughs> Um, she also starts to gain a following at Bloom because oh. she starts to tell customers like what the meaning of the flowers are. Flower and, like, She will... would be so viral on TikTok. Seriously. <laughs> Just Somebody should do flowers. that. You could do that. <laughs> I'm not a like flower person though. Yeah. I guess I could, I could learn, <laughs> but, uh, you know, she would like spend time with a person or couples and figure out like the intention for yeah. the, um, person she was giving to or whatnot, or if it was a bride, like what their relationship was like. And she would create bouquets using flowers that would like match that meaning. Yeah. So we also see Victoria and Grant are developing a romantic relationship. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Victoria like feels extremely uncomfortable with like their level of intimacy though. Cause like she's never really been close yeah. to anybody before. She's like a stray cat. <laughs> yeah. And she starts to kind of like pull herself away from him. She's just like not used to be, she's used to being on her own. She likes being on her own. She's not used to having close relationships. Yeah. Uh, she learns that she's pregnant. What? Yeah. So she feels that she's going to disappoint Grant and the baby, and she decides to leave him without saying goodbye. Oh, the way he said it, she was like, I woke up and I'm pregnant now. No, oh, okay. no, no, no. Like, she was with Grant. They're doing a little hibbity-dibbity. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Flashing back to the childhood. So we learned that Catherine, this is Grant's mom slash Elizabeth's sister, is ill. Seems like she has some <laughs> mental issues that she's going through. Yeah. Um, and she's made threats to burn down Elizabeth's vineyard. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not good. So one night, Victoria decides that she has to prove to Elizabeth who Catherine really is. So she decides to set Elizabeth's vineyard on fire <laughs> at age 10. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So she obviously feels Im- immediately guilty the second she like lights it on fire and it just like goes what? And she can't put it and she like can't put it out because so. she like poured gasoline like all yeah. over it or kerosene, some kind of fluid starter, you know, yeah. and it just all goes and the whole property is like seemingly burning. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> um, and Victoria just like loses it and she gets some burns and she gets some bruises because she just like feels so guilty about it. She just doesn't want to even like. Elizabeth tries to rescue her and she won't let Elizabeth rescue her. Yeah. She ends up going to the hospital. And of course, child services gets involved. Elizabeth, uh, Victoria's social worker comes out and basically they're like, yeah, this <laughs> kid got burned in your yeah. like guardianship. So that's not happening anymore. Uh-huh. And they were like, you know, asked Victoria, like, did she hurt you? And uh, Victoria was like, yeah, huh. because she felt like she couldn't face Elizabeth again after oh. what she did. So that's how she gets put in the group homes permanently because uh, nobody will adopt her. She's been to like, yeah. you know, just 
foster homes over and over and it's, you know, they're, they kind of gave Bad up on situation, her. Yeah. yeah, it's very upsetting. Flashing back to current time, in her adult life, Victoria starts to begin her own successful business. She kind of separates from Renata with once she finds out she's pregnant because Renata is like looking out for her and is like, I'm going to put you on health insurance and all this stuff. And she also knows that the first place Grant is going to look for her is the flower shop. And she's like, yeah, no, I can't. Like, I don't want Grant to find me. And oh, (laughs) yeah. And I don't want to be on health insurance. And I mean, I don't know why you want to. Yeah. Right. With a baby. Are you nuts? Right. Like what? (laughs) She has like 20 grand to go to the hospital and <laughs> she delivers at home. So oh. just so happens Renata's mother is a midwife. So that works out for her. <laughs> um, it's almost like the author knew. <laughs> yeah. Right. So she started this successful business. Brides are coming from all over to use her for their weddings because they also see her as some sort of like psychic in a way since yeah. she's like bringing in this like language of the flowers and the meaning behind it <laughs> yeah. so and she like analyzes your relationship so oh god yeah <laughs> yeah i could see that going up everybody's alley yep right it's a big hit yeah she soon gives birth to her daughter like i said it was like a home birth and she doesn't name her daughter huh. uh however she starts to get very overwhelmed by the baby's constant needs yeah and she also has this fear of inadequacy and this fear that she's never going to be able to give her daughter the life or love that she deserves mm. So she decides, mind you, Grant doesn't even know that that Victoria is pregnant. Yeah. She shows up, drops the baby at Grant's house and is like, bye. <laughs> That's yours now. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Not good. She doesn't have a name. So, you know, so you, you get pick. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you get to do the fun part. Uh, Victoria's timelines merge and she's able to receive closure for childhood and current experiences. So she's like overcome with this urge to apologize to Elizabeth and writes her a letter. And uses Bloom's address so that Elizabeth can't, like, find her and go to her apartment. Yeah. Uh, Renata, even though she's a competitor, still wants what's best for Victoria. So Elizabeth does go to Bloom, drops off a letter for her, and Renata delivers the letter. And uh, the letter says she wants to see her and still loves her. Aw. So Victoria heads out to the vineyard and she sees her daughter with Elizabeth. Yeah. Realizing that Grant also, because Grant and Elizabeth were like not on good terms ever since the fire. Yeah. Like, cause Grant thought that his mom did it uh, and was like, always felt guilty for doing that to his aunt. But mm. in reality, they didn't know that it was yeah. Victoria. Um, so, you know, she sees that Elizabeth and Grant have made up and she ends up reconnecting with both Grant and Elizabeth, and she's surprised but grateful for the unconditional love and the forgiveness of Grant, Elizabeth, and her daughter, who is named Hazel, which is so <laughs> cute. I knew it had to be a flower name. I was like sitting there, I was like, is it going to be Rose, yeah. <laughs> Daisy? And they were like, Hazel. I was like, okay, I actually really like that. And she vows to learn how to incorporate their love and the relationships into her life. The story ends with Victoria making the decision to believe that she doesn't have to continue to be the hurt little girl she once was. And that she does have the capacity to learn how to love. Nice. Yeah. The end. And they're a big, happy family. Okay. You <laughs> just forgive the fire. Yeah, I guess it was like in the past. <laughs> hey, I know you set my house on fire, but whatever. It's, yeah, was, we'll let it go. That was a while ago. <laughs> I forgive you. All right, cool. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, take a quick break. We'll come back with Captain America. Woohoo! And then we'll go into the analysis. Sounds good. All right, and we're back. 
That was a cool story. It was um, another one with fire, so I don't know. Hmm. Fires everywhere. That's true. I don't know. Should I be worried that you're like a pyromaniac too? <laughs> I don't know, but now that you think about it, I feel like the fire is like symbolic. I know. Because it was super symbolic and uh, little fires everywhere. So that's true. going to have to chat about that in analysis. <laughs> All so, right. So tell me about Captain America. Oh, I've been telling you about Captain America for a very long time. Also <laughs> But true. now I'm going to tell the world. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you have the same passion doing this that I did telling Lion King. <laughs> oh, shit. That was a high bar, though. I don't, I don't think I'm going to act any scenes out. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, this was uh, directed by Joe Johnston, who also directed Jumanji, which Ooh. is in The Rocketeer. Ooh, is, I never we, saw you that. You gotta see it. It's very Captain America-y. It's like early 1900s kind of feel. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, the full name is Captain America, the first Avenger. And uh, I believe they had to tack that on for like international stuff because they didn't think people in other countries go see a movie called Captain America. So oh. that's why it's like clunky. Like a, Interesting. Yeah, I, I never really liked it, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, uh, collectively known as Marcus and McFeely, who did all the other Captain America movies and the um, last two uh, Avengers movies. So they're like legit. I was <laughs> writers. I the words right out of my mouth. I was like, so they're legit. But it was great because they did um, all of the Captain America movies. So there was such a great continuity through the three of them. And especially mm-hmm. for me as a fan, I just I really dug how they took him through an arc and like they get him like. Right. I didn't think they did Captain America justice in the Joss Whedon Avengers movies. Yeah, um, I was going to say you didn't like the. um. Nah, he was too dorky. Like the first event, like yeah. Avengers. Yeah, like if you read the comic, it's more, um, it's kind of more spy stuff. Like it's not really like, aha. See, America. but I fell in love with Captain America from Avengers. Oh, really? Yeah. You just like blonde guys. <laughs> also true. <laughs> <laughs> it was America's ass that had you. <laughs> Maybe it was just Chris Evans. I don't know. There you go. So, uh, yeah, so those guys wrote this and they did a great job. Uh, in the movie is Chris Evans, obviously. Sebastian Stan, <laughs> who's currently crushing it on Falcon and Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. Disney Plus TV show. Haley Atwell, who criminally doesn't do much more outside of this, <laughs> the Marvel Universe. Hugo Weaving, who was also just a career bad guy, but he was also V from V from Vendetta. He was in the Matrix, all that stuff. Tommy Lee Jones, they randomly got for this. Huh. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I appreciate it. He did a good job, but it was just strange. Um, Dominic Cooper was uh, Howard Stark, who's Tony Stark's dad, and Stanley Tucci, who is just good in everything as well. Um, quick fun fact before I get into the uh summary so there's a scene in the uh the edward norton hulk movie like a deleted scene where he's doing some stuff in antarctica and he like smashes an iceberg and like for a split second an iceberg with captain america in it like flies through the screen oh really like, yeah it's it's stupid but it's out there if you want to look at oh it oh my on god YouTube. i didn't know that yeah, yeah it's not technically canon in the story obviously but right i just right. think it's fun if you're into this and you wanted to think of that because i don't think anybody thinks of the ed norton hulk movie anymore but no i think that one gets shit on yeah pretty much <laughs> so into the movie let's go <laughs> in uh present day scientists in the antarctic uncover this old frozen aircraft with captain america inside roll credits <laughs> so, and that's it yeah <laughs> the end um but anyway back in 1942 uh this nazi lieutenant 
uh, Johann Schmidt and his men are stealing this mysterious relic called the Tesseract, or from the comics, it's called the Cosmic Cube. So me watching this movie the first time, I'm like, what the fuck is a Tesseract? It's called the Cosmic <laughs> Cube. But uh, I movies. Yeah, you can't change it back now. Everybody knows Tesseract. It's good branding. So, <laughs> so he gets this thing and it's the first time we see it in the Marvel Universe movie. So we have no idea what it does besides glow really blue. But the bad guys have it, and that's not cool. So Never good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in New York City, Steve Rogers, our main character, is just getting rejected left and right to enlist into the military for World War II. He's like 90 pounds, and he's got asthma and all kinds of other ailments that he's just never going to get in the Army back then. He might get in now. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. So um, He's at the movie theater after that, and he's just like down on his dumps. And there's some guy like heckling the screen because they're showing stuff about the troops. And so he like stands up to the dude, but then they go outside to fight, and the guy's like five feet taller than him and kicks the shit out of Steve. Poor guy. Until his buddy uh, Bucky, who's played by Sebastian Stan, comes out and like helps him in the fight. And like, but the whole point of the scene is it's that Captain America would totally stand up to a bigger dude. No questions asked. Like that's right. just the kind of like it of just guy shows his character. Yeah, like exactly. that he's just a good person. Mm-hmm. So uh, he finds out his uh, friend Bucky is leaving for you know overseas. He's a sergeant as well in the army. And Steve's like, man, everybody's getting in the army but me. <laughs> I want to go fight. Meanwhile, like I feel like other people are like, I don't want to get drafted. I don't. I don't know. I guess in World War II, everybody was like, let's fuck these Heights Nazis about up. America. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it could have been like a mentality. Yeah. Well, yeah. So um, they go on a double date with these two girls at this like future expo exhibit. And for like casual comic book fans, there's a fun cameo of the original Human Torch character who and they called him the Human Torch, but he was a robot. I don't know why comics, but uh, there's like a test tube with him in it when they pan over the crowd. Oh, and really? Cool. And it's also fun because Chris Evans was the second Human Torch in Fantastic Four. Right. So <laughs> fun know, little nod. Torchception. <laughs> <laughs> so and I don't know if the if it was really like this back in the 40s, but I guess there's like an army recruitment station everywhere because Steve is like, I'm going to ditch this date and go try to enlist yet again. <laughs> doesn't he come with like big names or something yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he tells people he's from paramus <laughs> in our state of new jersey <laughs> so meanwhile this dude dr erskine who's the um the doctor who eventually makes steve and captain america overhears steve's conversation with bucky about how he wants to go and represent his country in war and you know he's just out to do his part and you know he wants to help just like everybody else and so it kind of like warms this dude, Dr. Erskine's heart <laughs> before he even kind of meets the guy. So he's recruiting for this uh, team, like this army team called the Strategic Scientific Reserve, which is not in the comics. I guess they just made it up for the movie. But their whole thing is that they're going to make super soldiers out of like this whole platoon. And um, Steve gets picked as one of the uh, like the test subject just because like the mm. doctor really liked him as a as like a guy. So it's there that we're introduced to um, Colonel Phillips and Peggy Carter, who's like a British agent who's also on the team, just chilling out. Oh, Peggy. <laughs> yeah, so that's the first time they meet. So Colonel Phillips is like totally not convinced that Steve Rogers is the right guy to go with because he's super skinny and like he can't run and he's just he doesn't see the future, man. 
just doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's he not will. about what's on the outside. It's what's on the inside. He's going to find out because he tries to like test him by throwing a dummy grenade into all the like platoon while they're doing jumping jacks. And everybody else is like, shit, get away. Except for Steve, who jumps on top of it. And he's like, is this a test? <laughs> like, yeah. He passed. It kind of was. So uh, the night before he's about to like get super jacked up with the super soldier serum, Dr. Erskine reveals to uh, Steve that Johann Schmidt, the guy from the beginning, underwent the same procedure before it was finished. And it like permanently fucked him up. Like he got like the super stuff, but he also has like this red burnt up face. Well, hence the red skull in the comic books. It's just a mask. That's a red skull. And he's just a normal guy. But again, movies <laughs> got to make it interesting. Yeah. So um, the next day they're testing him up and stuff. They shoot him with all the whatever's and he gets put in the doohickey and <laughs> Howard's very descriptive. Yeah. <laughs> he's in like this rejuvenation pod. I'm like there's no words for it. <laughs> kind of is like one of those like um like a lab deprivation pods basically yeah exactly like an iron maiden but with yeah <laughs> i don't know but howard stark is there and he's like a scientist working on it too and steve's like what's he doing here he's like a idiot or whatever i don't know <laughs> so <laughs> it works they like shoot him up with all this stuff and then they hit him with this light and it turns him into like jackass chris evans so once he comes out of the pod it turns out there was a mole in like their secret base and he shoots Dr. Erskine dead right then and there. So the whole formula was in this doctor's head. So now well, they can't make a second Captain America. Well, yeah, that was really sad, too. when when he got shot. Yeah, it was pretty sad. He's like, peace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's like, you're my boy. <laughs> and then uh, so Captain America chases down this dude and kicks the shit out of him after he catches him. But the guy had like a cyanide pill in his tooth. So he chomps on that and kills himself before he could get like captain america could get any real evidence right and he just whispers hell hydra yeah so meanwhile in a secret lair the red skull and his little buddy arna uh dr zola are trying to like use the tesseract to make other evil weapons (laughs) so they're trying (laughs) they're finally figuring out how to make like tesseract infused bullets or whatever yikes (laughs) like just vaporizes you (laughs) <laughs> but uh i always think of good. um i always think of in spider-man homecoming when donald glover is like man i just want to shoot people i don't want to send them back in time like, <laughs> <laughs> like these crazy like weapons like oh my god how overkill do you need to get but they're also making like this plane and we'll get to that later that could like drop off super bombs on all these cities and stuff <laughs> it's not good destroying the world you don't yeah. want to do it no so uh with the doctor erskine dead and the super soldier serum like lost the senator dude convinces steve rogers to like put on this spandex captain america suit and go be like a stage act to sell war bonds so that he's not really in harm's way the scientists could still study him and stuff oh sorry hit the table but uh (laughs) so they could still study him but he's like still doing something sort of useful but but it's not what he wanted no not really he thought he was going to be like a rootin tootin like cowboy out (laughs) he was going to be the captain exactly yeah so uh he eventually has to do his show overseas and he ends up in italy and um he finds out that his buddy bucky was captured he's like a prisoner of war from like the last battle in italy where he was so he's like oh fuck no i gotta go help him (laughs) i gotta get my friend back yeah so 
you know, he's refusing to believe that Bucky died. So Rogers meets up with uh, Peggy Carter, who is there, too, as well as Howard Stark, who just all conveniently happened to be there. And they fly him behind enemy lines to do like a solo rescue attempt. And obviously, because it's Captain America, he just kicks the shit out of everybody. <laughs> and uh, the Red pretty cool. Yeah. The Red Skull's there and he sees Captain America. And he's like, oh, I got a dip. <laughs> Audit. <it. laughs> so. So while he's there, he also frees a bunch of dudes that eventually is going to be his team, which are uh, this dude, Dum Dum Duggan, who's a comic book character. And then the rest are just very obscure characters. It doesn't even matter because they don't have their costumes. And they, but everybody in his team is from the comic books. Oh, OK. So and they're I think in the movie they call them the Howling Commandos, which isn't his team name. It's Nick Fury's team name, but whatever. They just yeah, you know. repurposed it. So he breaks those dudes out and they're just like messing everything up. Red Skull, like I said, is trying to like dip out of there. So he sets off all these uh, self-destructs. Uh, Captain America is lucky enough to find Bucky, who is still alive, but they were messing with him, like uh, torturing him and stuff. Yikes. So they're escaping. Everything's blowing up because the self-destruct went off and they run into Red Skull and they get into a little bit of a fight and Red Skull like rips his mask face off like he's been wearing like a human face mask this whole time and he just like rips it off and shows finally that he's got like this red skull and he's like aha this is me i'm red skull <laughs> this is what i look like this is my true self deal with it <laughs> <laughs> so uh there's like a drawbridge that separates so red skull does get away and captain america just leads like all these dudes back to the U.S. base after they just like fuck up everybody, but they take enough of the weapons and stuff so that the uh, allies can study all these weird Tesseract guns and mm. reverse engineer this stuff. So because of all the intel they got from this base that they just raided, um, Captain America gets greenlit to have like his team. So he recruits all the guys he saved and Bucky and they're just going to go and race hell on all these Hydra bases that they um, saw on like a map that like was on. Right, yeah. right. So uh, Howard Stark upgrades all of Captain America's stuff. And this is where he gets like the classic round shield and like Woo! his costume and this badass motorcycle that could shoot guns and explode and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> kind of Batman-y. Yeah, yeah kind of. And then they cut into like this badass montage where, you know, he's kicking ass and throwing the shield and blowing stuff up. And I always thought it was cool because they give all of the team something to do. It's not like it's just the Captain America show, like all the other people on the team can do stuff, too, within the team, like blow up tanks and shoot stuff. got their specialty. Yeah, like it's not just like the Steve show. Right. Like it's not like a band where it's just like band lead singer and exactly crew. So, well, they aren't perfect because they end up getting uh, intel that the doctor Arnim Zola, like the bad doctor mm -hmm. <laughs> is on this train and he's going towards like the lair, I guess. And they try to intercept him and capture him. And uh, so they're like zip lining onto this moving train and they get into a bunch of fights with like the goons. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them shoots. Hydra goons. Yeah. Like one of them shoots Bucky basically off the train and like he falls to his death. No. Seemingly. <laughs> Apparently falls to his death. Yeah, I know. It's so funny when Apparently. you know. Apparently. It's so funny when like, you know that like, that's not for real, but you're in a movie theater with people who don't know any different. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> You're like, I don't see no dead body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know this trick. Yeah, I know. I learned that from comics, like especially when we watch Game of Thrones and they're like, oh, my God, he died. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> there is no body. I'm like, I need to see the head <laughs> off of the body <laughs> with my own eyes. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Yeah. Anyway. Going up. So they do end up catching the doctor. So I guess not all is lost, but it sucks. It sucks. It's like you got. The bad thing and the good thing, you know. It's bittersweet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Zola, you know, spills his guts and he's like, you know, he makes a deal. He's like, this is where the base is. <laughs> so Captain America saddles up by himself and he goes and rolls into the base and eventually gets captured sort of on purpose. So it'll get taken to the Red Skull. Um, at that point, all of his buddies show up like Peggy and Colonel Phillips and they all help him. The whole crew. Yeah. So uh, like the zero hour. Red Skull's taken off in like this super plane that's going to bomb everywhere. And Captain America is lucky enough to catch on to like a wheel and climb in. And he gets into this fight with Red Skull and he knocks the Tesseract out of its container or whatever. And I guess because Red Skull didn't know any better, he picks it up to put it back in. But there's so much power that it shoots him off into a wormhole in a space. <laughs> well, <bye. laughs> so, so he's gone. <laughs> and, uh, the Tesseract is like so hot, I guess, from being charged. It just melts through the whole plane and like drops to the ocean floor. Ah. Somehow Captain America screwed up the controls of the plane so that he can't land it or slow it down. So his idea is to just sink it into the ocean. So he's like puts the plane into like the downward position. <laughs> I, there was probably a better way to go about I, I this. I know, right? Like every time I watch him, I'm like, that's your only option. Yeah, sir? Why don't you aim it at the ocean and then jump out? <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, here's like, my coordinates. No, like, I'm going to jump out. Parachute or, you know. Time. Yeah. Like, there had to have been. Right. There had to have been. <laughs> I don't um, know. So you get the sad scene where he's calling Peggy from, like, the inside of the plane. He's like, got to put her down in the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, this is where I was bawling. Tearjerker. Yeah. Yeah. And so he does just that. But lucky for him, he froze his ass instead of killed it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um. That's basically where the story leaves off. Uh, they try to look for him for 70 or so years, but can't find him until we cut back to the beginning of the movie where just some randos find him in the Arctic. And then I huh. uh, wonder how he got there. Yeah, I know. Right. So he eventually thaws out. And um, the last scene of the movie is him waking up in like modern day New York City and just freaking out because he knows it's not the 40s anymore. He's like, uh, hold on. Where and have then, I been uh, for yeah, then, 70 years? Yeah. And then Samuel L. Jackson's. Nick Fury rolls up and is like, hey, dude, you want to be in the Avengers, I guess? And he's like, yeah. Like, uh, sure, why not? Put me and, in, coach. And that's that. And that's Captain America, nice. the first Avenger. Yeah, so why don't we take a quick break and let's talk about it, because I got a lot of rebirth notes on them. Ooh, let's get into some analysis. Okay, we're back. Let's get into some analysis between yeah. the language of flowers and Captain America. Yeah. And I totally forgot that the name of his like operation or whatever is called Project Rebirth in the comic books. No so. way. Yep. So That's perfect. Just thought of it. I <laughs> just remembered. <laughs> wow. I love when that works out like that. Exactly. So I think in both of our stories, and especially in Rebirth, there's an element of like leveling up, which is kind of like a buzzword now, especially if you look at like influencers and shit on Instagram. Just saying you have that TikTok song and it's like, level up, level up. (laughs) I don't know that one yet. (laughs) Um, Well, now you do. (laughs) All right. I'll have to go look at it. But yeah, no, like the whole level up culture is like 
mm-hmm. I think goes hand in hand with rebirth or rebranding or which is kind of along the same lines of what we're talking repeat about. always that like yeah yeah you know so like I don't know I, I think it's good the leveling up aspect like I don't know about the culture of like you gotta level up man you gotta level up I feel like that could be a little toxic but I feel like oh for sure in our scenarios like leveling up like our yeah. characters so specifically victoria and then steve rogers captain yeah. america for you um it's a good thing yeah because like and uh like s- simple stuff is what i'm trying to say like it just leveling up could be you know a new outfit or like if you're a musician like a new piece of gear or if you're a podcaster or whatever like new stuff like new microphones new videos new, new whatever cameras because yeah. like it does put you in a different mindset if you're going to the gym and like you have a new gym outfit or whatever you're like fuck yeah like you look I'm good in it you know good yeah, yeah no you know? it puts you in a like positive mindset so if that's like the level of leveling up then i mean yeah go for it you know if it's not hurting anybody it, it, you know like right yeah i mean victoria for sure leveled up she went from being like homeless yeah to like having a whole ass family and like a farm <laughs> a you know family. a whole ass family yeah like in my store, I think Steve leveled up twice. Like the first time, obviously, when he gets the serum and he's like all jacked. And yeah. then the second time and he goes from stage guy to like soldier. Right. Like when he so. rescues Bucky. Yeah, like That's exactly. like a big moment of him. Like, mm. you know, like the point of no return where it's like, I'm the man now. So yeah, he's like <laughs> filling his big shoes. Kind yeah. Of. Very big. Well, shoes. And I just think about like Victoria, like going up to Renata and being like, Hey, can I have a job? Like it's so hard to ask for a job, especially like if you have no experience and like, you just got to like go for it, like shoot your shot. (laughs) I mean, she had literally nothing to lose at that point. She's Mm. like, I'm living on the streets and I have nothing. So what do I have to lose? Like, (laughs) just let me touch your flowers. And then she like leveled up from asking for a job and like working her ass off at that job. She was able to start her own business so that was another like almost another leveling up yeah exactly like once you get started you can't stop yeah (laughs) it's true like she just kept going she was on a roll i mean going to us like the podcast it's like we started doing this and then we started you know trying to go into like video stuff and then who knows what's next really like yeah we gotta keep leveling up (laughs) level up level up oh god (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome um so yeah like any pros and cons for your character of leveling up like is it always a good thing i mean like i kind of mentioned before i think leveling up can be toxic in some way yeah like i don't know i I feel like there's these expectations that can get put on you and it like freaks you out which happens to victoria like yeah you know things are going so well for her and like she has this baby and this baby's like depending on her and she like has her own business but she like self-sabotages herself in a way because she like I it almost was like zero to 60 you Mm. know what I mean like all of a sudden you have nobody to love and then all of a sudden you have this like baby that like you love so (laughs) much and like is depending on you and it like freaked her out especially because she didn't really have like parents for a lot of her life anyway right what do you have to measure it against and the only caregiver that like ever showed her love like ultimately like didn't work out like she yeah. said <laughs> set her property on fire so <laughs> yeah it's not a good look no not at all arson never good no <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah in, in steve's case obviously he could have like died instantly <laughs> with like because right? you never know like what if the doctor got it a little wrong like or if it's he like had the like vaccines. the red face <laughs> almost <laughs> you think, know i think it's a little more thorough than <laughs> right <laughs> But I mean, like any, sometimes any like choice you make, you're like, you have to like weigh the pros and cons. Like, yeah, 
like I think too on like a different level um sometimes rebirth means leaving stuff behind that may be fun mm. but but like it could also be like toxic or non-beneficial to you you know like right. it it depends what you're going for but like sometimes rebirth means like leaving behind people sometimes it means toxic yeah, yeah. sometimes it means leaving behind you know food if you're going to be a vegetarian and that's how you're yeah. leveling up you no know? that's true uh, um Everything goes back to Frankenstein for some weird reason, <laughs> but I just remembered like Dr. Frankenstein, you know, how he's talking about like how your obsession shouldn't like take over your normal life. Yeah. And it's the same thing for like <laughs> leveling up, quote unquote, <laughs> you know, where like if you level up to the point where you're so focused on that thing that you just leveled up that you like lose sleep yeah. and eating like that's not healthy. But then you look at someone like The Rock in real life and like the dude doesn't fucking stop like ever. Yeah. Like, but he still has time for his family and whatever. You, you, you Which think. makes me think of Vince McMahon. Like, he's yeah. probably, like, the best <laughs> version of, like, leveling up and, like, losing sleep, you know? Yeah. Like, I guess so. I don't know. Supposedly. Like, he only sleeps, like, allegedly, like, I'm, like, scared to say his name sometimes. <laughs> he's, like, Candyman. He's going to show up. Uh, yeah, and, like, I don't know. Fire you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know his, like, you know, influence in life. But, uh, yeah, I don't know either. But, like, <laughs> that, that goes with what I'm saying. Like, with bodybuilders and stuff, you have to, like, you leave out food or you like get more food like the pros and cons are like what are you leaving out or not i don't know like i get what you're saying that's why it's weird to me yeah i mean and i think a lot of leveling up or rebirths comes with like the people you surround yourself with uh which i know we talked about in previous episodes yeah. it's like it's you know who surrounds yourself to like make yourself theme. better. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? It's a reoccurring theme. Of yeah. <laughs> who I mean, you surround yourself with. <laughs> does it drag you up or does it drag you down? Yeah. And I think the acceptance of your rebirth is mm. big. If it, you know, like your loved ones have to accept who you are. Yeah. And I think Captain America like did a really good job of having Peggy be into Steve when he was like scrawny and like a weakling. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, so when he turns into like super Steve, it, it's not. She's only with him because he's like this big, you know, handsome dude. It's like she right. was like into him as a guy. She yeah. liked his inner workings. Yeah. And like that's a good example of like a positive person around her. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think for Victoria, she's the kind of person who's like a loner. Like she doesn't really want help. Mm. And like she doesn't in the beginning, she doesn't really have anybody surrounding her. And I feel like Renata, her boss at Bloom is like the first person that like really goes out of her way to like kind of change her life you know yeah and i think the great thing about renata is she knows that victoria doesn't want help and she's like able to kind of give her things without making victoria feel like charity like it's charity you know oh, she's yeah. like oh i have a living situation for you like you know would you be interested <laughs> and like or like kind of sneaks her into things like oh let's go out for dinner and like feeds her when she doesn't have any food and like yeah i don't know it's and then when she gets pregnant has a baby like she's there to like bring her mom over to like help deliver a baby since she's a midwife and i don't know it's i love renata i'm sleeping i slept on renata but you know what <laughs> she's a really great character in this novel well, that's cool man and uh i just want to say you know to that effect in real life like it's great to have everyone's support but that's not always how it is right know? Like, uh, if you feel like you're doing the right thing and it's not hurting anybody, but you still have haters or like naysayers at that point, it's their problem, not yours. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, that's true too. It's like you got to do what's best for you and like yeah. Either bring people along or don't. Mm, yeah. Cuz a lot of times the only people who like give you shit or like shit on what you're doing is people who either can't do it themselves or people who like have been told no before. Yeah. They're jealous. And just let no stop them. Right. So. They're jealous and it's their problem, not yours. Yeah. Unless it's like sexy time and that means <laughs> and that sense that no means no. like yes no means no in that <laughs> in that sense yes always yeah. will mean no yeah maybe still means no so at that point you have to like let go of that past you know self when you level up like yeah. you don't have to like completely but there's definitely a like i was saying in the beginning like there's stuff you gotta cut right you know and this is where we go back to our first episode with like new beginnings yeah. like how every new beginning is some other stories ending kind of thing like you know just like let that chapter be done and yeah like learn what you had to learn and then and then don't dwell make it a building block just like step up to the next block exactly like it sucks up the stairs like it sucks with steve because he's from the 40s and then just like blinked into modern day so that would be rough and like the other movies the past doesn't really let him get away (laughs) from it yeah he tries and uh, I think for Victoria, like the whole thing, it's ha- like haunts all of her relationship is like how things ended with Elizabeth mm. and setting the fire. <laughs> Never <Yeah>. good. <laughs> Don't do arson, kids. No. Um, but her finally being honest about the fire and like telling Elizabeth that it was her and like allows Elizabeth to say like, well, I still love you. Like, you know, nothing you could do could ever make me love you less kind of thing. <laughs> Including burning down my house. Including burning down my property. Yeah. But, you know, it's water under the bridge. Yeah. And same thing with Grant. Like, you know, he didn't even know she was pregnant. Like, he did. She dipped out on their relationship when things were going well. And then all of a sudden, nine months later, or however long, is like, here's this baby. Take it. Bye. And like, he's just like, Okay. okay. He this like forgives are her. Like and the nicest people. <laughs> seriously. But it's her opening up and being honest. Yeah. And that's what allows her to continue this rebirth. That's true. Yeah. Honesty is always the best policy. Always. <laughs> and she's like not gonna waste this new chance now, you know? Yeah. So that's that's the thing too. Like you gotta know, like, is this your shot and should you take it or not? not? Don't I don't mean <laughs> I don't mean to rhyme that. But uh <laughs> Like, I'm thinking I'm thinking Hamilton over here. Yeah, I know. But like there's there's sometimes in life when like you think you could do something and it's delusional or you think you could do something and like it's a possibility. Yeah. You got to be able to pick between the two because a lot of times people will go through kind of the, the option that realistically isn't going to be easy, I should say. Like it's not yeah. impossible, but, you know, you got to have expectations set. <laughs> right. You can't be like. Like I'm going to go to space yeah, and like, like you're not going to be Jack, like the rock in three months. You have to say like in two years, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and if it sounds like somebody's saying like, oh no, you could do it in three months. It's probably delusional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You gotta be realistic about your expectations for sure. And I think at the end for Victoria, she is being realistic and she's like, knows that this is another chance for her to have a family and be loved and yeah. show love that she never got in her childhood. Mm. And like in uh, Captain America, Steve would be probably content to let somebody else take the serum if he wasn't picked, you know, yeah. But, yeah. but he made his mission to be the best he could. And, you know, like the doctor kind of says, not just be a great soldier, but a good man. And that's why love it, it 
happened for him. Love it. <laughs> um, and like in our case, the podcast was something that we had all the means to produce. And, you know, we needed to see if that worked. So like we took that shot. So hopefully it ends up not being a delusional thing. <laughs> 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 no, but I'm just joking. But uh, no, because like, I mean, 28, 29 episodes in, like we're putting in all this time yeah. and sacrifice. Like that's all the things that we talked about. It's like sacrificing your time, having realistic expectations, you know, knowing when opportunity strikes, you know. Yeah, exactly. I swear I'm not trying we're, to like. We're being honest with ourselves, you know. I think yeah, every it. step we take, we're yeah. being realistic at least. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what it is. Like not to say that like I'm someone special that leveled up, but like it's the like the heart of it, you know. Yeah, I get where like you're the going. The spirit of it. We got the uh, good man inside of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So. <laughs> so you want to do some uh, reviews and recommendations? Yes. Uh, let's get I, I got to them a, right this time. You okay. did it. You got the R's right. All right. So let's take a quick break and come back with those. Okay. We're back. So let's do some ratings and recommendations. Yeah. So how would you. uh? Right, Captain America. So I'm going to go a little shocking and I'm just going to give it a very nice instead of super nice because I think the other two are super nice. But this is great. I mean, you can't go wrong with it either. Yeah, absolutely. It's like what kicked it all off. Yeah. I mean, obviously, my MVP is Captain America, Steve Rogers. I thought Sebastian Stan did a really good Bucky, though. Love him. And it just keeps getting better with age. So um, with the more times he does it. But I. It's hard to play that character because in the comics, Bucky's like this little annoying teenager and they updated him perfectly for the movie. I thought yeah. it was really good. Yeah. yeah. I love Bucky in yeah. uh, all the movies and Gotta shows. Read the comics, dude. I, yeah, <laughs> I will. Um, but yeah, if, uh, recommendations. Uh, I mean, there's 20 something Marvel movies. <laughs> go watch <laughs> You'll figure it out. You'll but find if, one. If you're not in a Marvel, but you like the director, go watch The Rocketeer. It's the, you know, the 1940s, whatever feel that looking for us so, mm. you know there you go mm-hmm. how about you you have an mvp uh, i said uh captain america oh duh do you have a masterpiece <laughs> scene oh that's right so i knew you were missing something i think the montage is the coolest part when he finally gets the shield and the suit so funny because and... i remember you were saying montages were outdated I know, except right? for this one i know because uh like the the scene of him throwing the shield towards the screen is like always going to be in the marvel intro mm. you know? you're right you're right so and it was cool to watch it in theaters with a the 3d because like you're like, You're like oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was very real, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm going very nice, actually. I oh, okay, cool. really enjoyed this uh, novel, very nice, and it, it was a surprisingly good read. Yeah, uh, my MVP is Victoria, of course. Yeah, just like went through the ringer, you know. Yeah, she came through. Mm. My masterpiece scene is when she sees Elizabeth with her daughter, and it becomes like this full circle moment. I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and it made her like realize how much she loves Elizabeth and how much she loves her daughter and she wants things to work out. Mm. So I, I thought that was awesome. Recommendations. I'm going to go where the crawdads sing. Okay. And little fires everywhere. Oh, wow. Okay. And the little fires everywhere is like really sticking with me now because I was thinking yeah. about Izzy and how Izzy sets the fire and little fires everywhere. Burning stuff down. And she like, I remember this whole quote about like, um, you know, in order to start over, you have to burn everything. Yeah kind of th- like situation yeah. which also reminds me of um this song by this band called stars yeah. and it's like the beginning of the song goes 
when there's nothing left to burn, you have to set yourself on fire. <laughs> okay. Which, if you think about it, though, like, after a fire, like, you're, that's, like, the moment of a blaze, and then yeah. you have to, like, things grow again, and it, like, starts yeah. over. So, it's interesting, like, the symbolism of fire in these novels, I think. Mm, like, rebirth. Yeah, it's like a rebirth. Yeah. <laughs> things grow again. There you go. So, uh, yeah, that was our show for this week, and uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, we got a couple fun things planned for you for the next couple weeks. And like I said, we're trying to grow that YouTube. So if you, um, have a second, you want to go on and like, or subscribe or whatnot to the YouTube show, you just search parallel fiction. And, uh, if you want to listen to the back episodes, we're available on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Simplecast. And then that's another deal where if you want to give something back, but, um, doesn't cost anything, just leave us a five-star review on, um, Apple Podcasts, sorry, Drew Blank. And uh, if you want to write us something nice, we'll uh, read, I guess, all future written reviews on the show. I think yep. that sounds reviews like something cool. Reviews or emails. So yeah. if you want to shout us out to an email, oh yeah, shout us out to an email. I don't know <laughs> what I'm saying. If you want to send us an old-fashioned email, yeah. you can reach us at parallelfictionpod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to look for us on social media, you can find us Parallel Fiction on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can find us at Parallel Fiction Podcast on Facebook. Yeah, and uh, thank you guys very much. Everybody stay safe and take care. Have a great week.